Good morning. You got me again. Yes, yes, yes. Um, word, word, word. Somebody was here last week. Somebody was here last week. So um, I wanted to uh, let you guys know, if you don't know, my name is Daniel. I'm actually one of the pastors here at Reveal, and, and I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yes. Um, thank you so much for making it a point to be here today. Um, your presence matters. Yeah, your presence here matters. It's affirming. It's encouraging for us to continue to do what it is that we do. Uh, as soon as Thanksgiving was over for me, I, I went right into trying to prepare, prepare a meal for you guys. So uh, we started a brand new series last week, a series that I said would lead us into the Christmas season, a series that I believe will continue our God-inspired momentum heading into the new year. Now, though we'll be using the word to navigate us through this journey, the reason I called the series Word was not just because Word is one of my favorite words, but because each week we'll focus on one word, support it with God's word, and by God's grace, we will continue to grow. Word? Word. All right, so let me, let me recap last week just real quick. Like we said last week that so many times during this time of the year, our human nature is to begin to think about coasting into the new year and then hitting the reset button when the clock strikes 12. 22, uh, 2022 is around the corner, and yes, we will be saying Happy New Year soon enough, but I believe we serve a God, like I said last week, who is not a God of waste. He doesn't waste experiences, good or bad. He doesn't waste what's happened in the past. He doesn't waste our highs. He doesn't waste our lows. He doesn't waste our struggles. He doesn't waste our strengths. He doesn't waste our stories. I'll ask you again. Is your story so far this year a bestseller? Or is another one you want to forget? Are you anxiously awaiting the opportunity to hit the reset button, a new year, a new start, a new you? I'll say it again. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's not what the last 11 months has looked like. It's how we finish this year that will give us momentum, momentum heading into the new year. Strategic. Momentum breeds momentum. Word? Word. Let's keep, the, let's keep the momentum going that God's created. Let's finish the year strong. Let's lock arms, lean in, and let God inspire us through the gift of our hero, Jesus, and by the word of our testimonies. Word. Word. As of Monday of this week, we had exactly 40 days left. As of tomorrow, we are already down to only 33 days left, or 33 pages left to be written in our 2021 story. With the help of Jerry Maguire last week and the king of inspiration, Jesus the Messiah, um, last week I indirectly asked you guys, who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's willing to say, I will position myself to ride the wave that's coming? I'll position myself to jump in to whatever it is that God is doing in the home stretch of 2021 here in our home, in our church, with our faith family. Who's coming with me? Our words in week one, our word in week one, yes, 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 Dorothy Boyd, Dorothy Boyd, um, Flipper, one of the two. Our word in week one was inspiration, inspiration. 
Word? Word. Intellectually, we looked at the difference between the two words, inspiration and motivation. Inspiration and motivation. So we said that the root word for motivation is motive. We also said that not all the time, but many times, my motivation only comes when it's about me, for me, and gives me permission to do me. Many times motivation in and of itself results in commitments that fall short, resolutions that are broken, and good intentions that never see their full potential. Inspiration, though, it has a different root. The root of inspiration, or inspire, is in spirit. It's spiritual. In other words, motivation comes from an external motive, or the what. Inspiration, though, comes from within, and it is my why. Fancy words and cool phrases, they might make us sound smart and motivate others intellectually, but only the spirit in us can connect to the spirit in others and start a movement inspirationally. Word? Word. See, motivation tells my kids, do these things and you'll be successful. Inspiration says, let me do this with you and show you what success looks like. Motivation says, do what I say. Inspiration says, do what I do. Motivation says, you should come to church. Inspiration says, look at my life and watch me be the church. Motivation says, here's the seed. Inspiration said, here's the fruit. Because seed is potential, but fruit is proof. Amen? There's a difference. I'm telling you, there is a difference. Jesus, he defined inspiration. We said last week that Jesus was the king of inspiration. Jesus was the king of inspiration. He came to earth on a mission. He had 30 years of bent-up energy and preparation. His inner spirit tank was full. He was ready. He was focused. And in the summation of the story from last week in Matthew chapter 4, the first time he called his disciples, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, to walk along um, or to walk away from all that they knew, all that was familiar, all that was comfortable, and to go into full-time ministry, a full-time mission. It was the initial calling, the initial calling that's recorded almost identically in both Matthew chapter 4 and, Matthew, and Mark chapter 1. They recorded almost identically. And it would be one of the two events used to inspire one of the initial sparks to the greatest movement of all time, against all odds, and would it eventually and forever turn the world upside down. Word. Jesus showed us that the best way to inspire others is to be inspired yourself. The best way to inspire others is to bring them alongside of you to believe in and give their life to the cause that you are giving your life to. Amen. We can say amen still, too. So amen and word, we can mix them up. Um, we're going to circle back around to that story in just a bit, but let's jump right in. I want you guys to pull out your Bibles and your Bible apps. We're going to go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and there's John, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John. So just regular John. All the same John, but there's three. just John chapter 1, verse 29. John chapter 1, verse 29, and, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you can switch that in your Bible app, if you've got your Bible app. Um, I'll give you just a minute 
Let's go to John chapter 1, starting in verse 29. And while you're finding it, let me say this. The first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're referred to as the four gospels, or the four accounts of Jesus' life here on earth. The first three are referred to as the synoptic gospels, because they look at things in almost the same way, or at least a very similar synopsis. So sometimes trying to match up the timelines of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John um, can be a bit challenging, especially with the book of John because it's a different synopsis than the other three. But John really helps piece the timeline of our story from last week together. So let's jump in. John chapter 1, verse 29, and we're going to go all the way to verse 42. So the next day, John the Baptist. Now let me tell you this just real quick. Last week we talked about Mary and Elizabeth. They were cousins, right? So Mary and Elizabeth, and Mary was Jesus' mother, and Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother. Okay? Real simple. I know you guys like, I know that. Keep going. Bear with me. So if Mary and Elizabeth were cousins, that would make John the Baptist and Jesus second cousins. That's just what I would think. So here we go. The ne- so this plays into the story. So picture this. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him. So he saw his second cousin coming towards him. And he said, look, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. And chronologically, John the Baptist was older than Jesus. But he he had an insight, an inner inspiration that let him know that this guy was around at the beginning the promised Messiah. And he says, and he admits in verse 31, he says, I did not recognize him as the Messiah. you got to think about it for a minute. They showed up to the family events. They're, they're second cousins. They showed up to the backyard barbecues. They'd seen each other quite a bit. And now all of a sudden, John, you recognize that Jesus, it could seem a little bit, a little bit partial, right? But he said, I didn't recognize him as a Messiah, but I had been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit. This is the proof he was waiting for. I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one. He said, I didn't know. It hadn't happened yet. The only sign I knew was the dove. It hadn't happened yet, so I didn't know. I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, sometimes you got to remember what God told you last. He told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And here it goes. He affirms it. I saw this happen to Jesus, second cousin Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Amen? Amen. So here we go. Going right into verse 35. And that's important. That's important. We'll see why. The following day, so the next day, John the Baptist was again standing with two of his disciples. So John had disciples. John the Baptist had disciples. He had people following him um, very close. So he had an inner connection. He had a, 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 a community that held him accountable and that he held accountable as well. It says, um, so verse 35 again. The following day, John the Baptist was again standing with his two disciples. As Jesus walked by, here comes Jesus again, second cousin Jesus. John looked at him again and declared, and you had to know, John was probably just shocked. I've known you all my life. And now, now here you are again. Look. There he is, the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. 
And sometimes I think even in this, this one small verse that, that sometimes our desire, and John, John the Baptist, this tells a lot about who he was, because sometimes our, de- our desire is for people to follow us. I don't want you to follow me. I want to point you to Jesus. Right? Word. I want to point you to Jesus. So John wasn't insecure. He's like, go ahead. Go ahead. There, there you go. Go follow him. He's the one, not me. So as the two disciples went on following him, Jesus looked around and saw them. So Jesus is walking. He saw him. I love Jesus' response. He says, what do you want? What do you want? He asked them. And don't you know that when Jesus sees us following him, sometimes he wants to know what our intentions are. Sometimes he wants to know, what do you want? What are you here for? You want my hand to give you presents? Or you want me so you can be in my presence? What do you want? What do you want? He checked it, and here's their response. They said, they replied, Rabbi, Rabbi, it's an important word, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? So their, their comment, their response to Jesus, let Jesus know they just wanted to spend time with him. They want to know, Jesus, where are you going to be at? Because that's where I want to go. So Jesus, where are you staying? He's like, okay, come and see, he said. It was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. So they went over to Jesus' crib where the place that he was staying, and they remained with him for the rest of the day. So they got a chance to have, spend some good time with Jesus. Now, it doesn't say exactly what time the next, uh, so the next uh, string of events took place, but verse 40 says, Andrew, Andrew from last week, we're going to get there, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard, that jo- who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. So Andrew went to find his brother Simon, and he told him, listen, Simon, Simon says, he's like, come with me, I just found the Messiah. So he, he said, we found the Messiah, he said, come on, and he was probably telling him the whole way over. Verse 42, he was telling him, man, we've been hanging out with him all day, and this is the guy, he's the guy. It says, verse 42 says, then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Here it is. And this is, what am I, this is when I know I'm Jesus' child. It says, looking intently at Simon. I'm going to tell you right now, this is one of Jesus' buffering moments. Does anybody ever just buffer for a moment? Is it just me? It was one of my buffering moments where my, I'll say something, I'll think to say something, I'll just stop. And it's just processing. It seems like it takes 15 minutes. Um, but Jesus stops for a minute, and he looks intently at Simon. Now, I'm telling you, when it says he looks intently, he saw something in Simon. He saw something in Simon. And he paused for a minute. He's like, oh, yeah, God? Okay. I see. I see it. Just upon meeting him, he saw something in him. And the next verse affirms, he said, what I see in you, we got to change that name. You need a new name because what I saw in you is not who you are. What I saw in you and what's to come, that's why I'm going to change your name. So it says, Jesus, upon meeting him for the first time, said, your name is Simon, son of John, not John the Baptist. So this wasn't, so just understand, there's a lot of Johns. (laughs) How many Johns in the room today? Okay, not too bad, but there's a lot of Johns in this story. So this is, so um, Simon and Andrew's father was named John. So he says, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Uh, now, although I joke about Jesus giving out nicknames, 
He always did that. It, it, the Sons of Thunder. I'll change your name. It really is super insightful. So renaming somebody was a big deal in first century culture. You had to be in a place of authority. Changing someone's name show you, showed that you had some kind of control over a person's life. God, different rulers, and people in high authority were the only ones that renamed people. Okay, they were the only ones. So you had to have some kind of clout to change the name. And, and I think for Peter to allow Jesus to do this probably meant that he recognized, despite all that Andrew gave him an earful on the way over, but he recognized that despite his brother, brother's claim that Jesus was the promised Messiah, kind of a big deal, that just the fact that they called Jesus rabbi meant, Je meant that Jesus was educated and a well-respected teacher of his day. Okay, I, I just, I, I really do. There's nothing, and I've found that in, in speaking, as I love bragging on Jesus. Word? I do. I love bragging on him. Um, I'll put it this way. Let me make it stick with a, a, with a modern parallel. Jesus being referred to as rabbi was probably equivalent, and I had to look this up, I had to look this up, to a modern-day ninth-degree red belt in jujitsu. Jujitsu. My bad. Okay, listen, that was a dad joke of the day. I, I, I get one. I get one today. So jujitsu, there it is, jujitsu. There it is again. But Jesus be, being referred to as rabbi was probably equivalent to a modern-day ninth-degree red belt in jujitsu. And I don't know the jujitsu ranks. I thought it was black belt, but black belt, I guess you get nine of them. It turns into a red belt. I don't know. But that's what it said. So ninth-degree red belt in jujitsu. Bottom line, he was a bad Man, word, word. So two important things to pull from this story that will help us with this week's word. Number one, this was, the first, this was the first time that Andrew and Peter met Jesus. This was their initial encounter and ramp, their on-ramp onto following Jesus and becoming Jesus' disciple. This was the first time. Jesus, and number two, is Jesus was just kind of a big deal. His, his divinity as the awaited Messiah had been affirmed. John gave Jesus his coveted blue check mark on Instagram. Okay? Jesus was a ninth degree red belt rabbi that was highly esteemed. Again, he was a bad man. Bottom line, Jesus was bad. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Um, and everybody knew it. So these two points actually contradict my initial assumption from last week. It actually creates an additional narrative that's pivotal. That's pivotal. Knowing these two things, we're going to reread the story from Matthew last week. Again, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. Um, I'm going to put the whole verse on the screens this week for time's sake. So I'll put it up here for you to make it easy. This is the verse from last week. Okay, Matthew 4, 18 to 22. So, one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the seas of Galilee, so here he goes, red belt, blue check mark Jesus, he saw his two brothers, so he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, and they were throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. So now that changes the whole narrative to the story, and I'll get into that with my apology in just a second, but it changes the whole narrative because they see out of the corner of their eyes, here comes... 
Here comes, here comes red belt, blue check mark Jesus, the Messiah. We spent some time with him, so here he comes. He's like, they're like, okay, hold on, just make, here, let's look like we're busy. Okay, here he comes. I think he's walking towards us. Oh, shoot. Have you ever had somebody of high authority walk up on you and you just kind of don't know what to do with yourself? Just you act normal, act normal, act normal. So, and, and they were doing what they did for a living, which was fishing. Verse 19 says, Jesus called out to them. Come, and they were just waiting for him to say something. Jesus said, he called out to him, he said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. This was a huge statement. With Jesus' with Jesus's status and who he was, rolling along the shore, the rabbi that he was, coming along the shore, and then picking them. You have to understand that that. That area where they, fishing was a, it was a big, um, it was a big industry. So there was all kinds of fishermen to choose from. And he chose them. He chose them. He said, I choose you two. Come with me. And they said, they didn't even think twice, I don't think. They were, that's why it says, and they left their nets at once and followed him. They were saying, if he comes up on us, he asks us to go with him, we're going. Let's drop the nets, let's go. Because they'd spent time with him, they knew him and they knew who he was. Now, a little farther up the shore, verse 21 says, a little farther up the shore, he, he saw two other brothers, two other brothers, James and John, which were, were, were uh, they'd probably heard all about Jesus already. So they too knew about Jesus because they, they were probably business partners with Simon, Peter, and Andrew. So they, they talked, they were just fishing in two different spots, doing two different things. So they already knew too who this dude was. Because you got to know, they're friends. You know, they're, they talk. Um, so a little farther up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John. Another John. That's the disciple John. That's not John the Baptist. That's not John the Father. That's John, the disciple John. And they were sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. And so you got to think, Jesus is walking, and, and, and they're looking. Peripherals. Like, I don't know why. What is, what are, what is Pete? And Andrew doing with Jesus, why are they following? Why are they talking? They're chopping it up. They're laughing maybe. Who knows? And they're like, why, why, why are they with them? They're coming our way. And then they're just waiting. And Jesus just walks right by with them and says, come. And they're like, they drop what they're doing and they leave too. And I think as opposed to, now I understand why Zebedee, the father, is like, yes, 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 yes. He called my boys too. He chose my boys too. It changes the entire narrative of the story. It says they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Mm. See, last week's run and the run-in on the shores of the Sea of Galilee left me being inspired personally that there was more to the story. There was more. There's a second narrative to the story which I almost missed. Now, in a moment of transparency and humility, as my family, as my church, I should have dug deeper. No excuses. And I'm sorry on that. I love you guys, and I'm still growing. Word? Word. I, and I'm trying never let it happen again. So then, God works everything together for good, though. Watch. So then, let's go ahead and right the wrong and dig deeper into the second narrative, narrative of the story. It actually helped to set up the word for the week. Each week, you're going to get a word. Last week, and if I asked you what was the word, 
You better know it's inspiration. I asked my son Isaac this morning on the way in, I said, son, was word from last week? He's like, patience. <laughs> no, son, it wasn't. It wasn't patience. He's like, love. I, I, I'm like, never mind, son. Like, just, it, it was inspiration. Um, that's my son. I'll forget it too. I just need one word. Not a whole lot of words. So um, it helps me. So the word for the week, the word affirmation, and it's actually the title of my sermon, affirmation, say it when you see it. Affirmation, say it when you see it. Say it when you see it. Some words that I want to give you guys this morning to help stimulate the gravity of this word affirmation. Affirmation is a statement. A statement. And Jesus made a statement on the, sea, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee that day. A confirmation. A confirmation. He confirmed that God had called them and chosen them. A declaration that these four, you guys are my guys. An endorsement. Their first endorsement deal. But one of the synonyms that I like the most of affirmation is being chosen. Word. Can you remember the feeling you felt when you were chosen for something or chosen by someone? On the other side of that, can you remember the feeling you felt when you weren't chosen for something and when you weren't chosen by someone? Now, in this situation, affirmation, what is an all, wait, was it an all-time high? Because I'm not talking about getting chosen for a job at Del Taco. Okay, <laughs> or, or even getting chosen as the number one draft choice in a professional sports draft. I'm talking about being chosen to be an apprentice, a mentee to a mentor, a student to a teacher. But I'm talking about chosen by this ninth degree, red belt wearing, blue check mark having, second, second cousin proclaimed Messiah and Savior of the world. The chosen one, he chose you and he chose me. He says, I see what you've done. I see who you are. I know you don't see in you what I see in you because I put it in you. Follow me, and we will bring out the world changer in you together. Word. Word. That's a good place to clap. Now, that's, that's affirmation at its finest. Word? Okay. And last, um, last week we said that Jesus was the king of inspiration, but he's also the king of affirmation. Take it one step further. We're going to take it one step further. Let's talk about the week's word or word, a word of affirmation. Okay? Word? Word. See, last week's word, motivation and inspiration, they're very close, and those can be easily mistaken. But affirmation and decimation, affirmation builds up, decimation tears down. That's easy. They're on two completely opposite sides of the spectrum. We can talk about the power of words. We can't talk about the power of words and not mention the book of James. James 3 references the power of words. He likens the power of the human tongue. All you guys, as much as I'm aware, have, as far as I'm aware, have one in your mouth today. He says the power of the tongue, a large, he references it to a, a large horse, a ship, and a fire. A large horse, a ship, and a fire. And he said that that tongue... <laughs> it can do big things. Words spark. Words fuel. Good or bad, words are powerful. Word? Word. One definition that I got, and, I, and I, this one it landed on me at the last minute. Emotional support or encouragement. When it was used in a, 
when it was used in a sentence, they used it in a sentence in that same definition. It says, the lack of one or both parents' affirmation leaves some children emotionally crippled. Some of us in here today are products of a lack of affirmation growing up. Some of us in here today have a hard time giving words of affirmation because we weren't given words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, they are like the fuel for the fire for our future. In other words, if it's positive and you see it, speak what you see. When you see it, say it. What are words of affirmation? Let's look at it a little bit more. That was heavy. Words of affirmation are any spoken or written words that confirm, support, uplift, encourage, and empathize with another person in a positive manner. Okay? Words of affirmation are words that communicate your love, appreciation, and respect for another person. They're positive words and phrases used to uplift someone. And some of us today, you are thirsty for someone to see value in you. You have been thirsty for words of affirmation. That's part of why we see what we see in our, in our online culture, is people just want to be seen. They want to be said, like, listen, like, does anybody see? Look, at this is my best. And when your best isn't good enough, it leads you on a downward spiral. Or when your best doesn't compare to someone else's best, it leads you on, an, on a downward spiral. See, affirmation creates validation. Affirmation creates validation. And there was a sermon just in that one word, validated. Validation. When we're validated that you're enough. When we're validated that you are valuable. When we're, valued, when we're validated that you are beautiful. Affirmation expresses value. You're valuable. You're valuable. The reason why we give ourselves away to cheap things and cheap people is because we don't see our own value. Word. Affirmation brings verification. I am who God said I am. That blue check mark. Three verses I love. Three verses I love. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, I'm putting them up there for you guys. I only made you look at that first one because it was a long one. Um, so Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, take a picture of them if you need them. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, all of you Thanksgiving weekend attenders. There you go. There's a word of encouragement. You showed up. You did what the word said. Obedience, and you didn't even mean you didn't mean to, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Romans 14, 19 says this: so then let us aim for harmony, harmony in the church, and try to build each other up. Why did I do that? It was a past sermon. I knew Al would get it. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and to build each other up. We said that God, in the series we did before Marty came back, we said God is a builder. And if God is a builder, we got to build each other up. We can't be like our father when, building, when he's a builder and we're tearing people down with our words. Word? 
word. First Thessalonians 5.11 says this. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Affirmation, say it when you see it. I went to lunch with one of the young ladies from our young adult, one of our young adult leaders, and as we're sitting there in Tokyo Joe's, and she's ordering, and the girl across the counter told her, you are beautiful. At first I thought she was talking to me. I'm like, oh, you're talking to her. So she was talking to her, and then the response right back was, you're beautiful too. There was something about that moment, but how many times do we see something in something in somebody, but we're afraid to say it? Why? If you see it, when you see it, because you will see it, say it. That's what builds up. Parents, I'm going to tell you. Here's Parenting 101. Affirmation deposits relational currency into an internal savings account in your children. That, that you may need, that may, may need to be withdrawn when an emergency attitude adjustment is needed. you got to put in words of affirmation. Because if we don't make deposits of affirmation, our words will have little, if any, lasting effects. When an adjustment is needed. That's good. That's good. If it's positive, when you see it, say it. If it's negative, when you see it, shut it. (laughs) Or or here's one. Here's one more. Probably the wise addition to something negative you might see. Because sometimes we see things that need to be corrected. But the time to correct it is not right in the moment. It's always wise to take a moment. So if it's negative, when you see it, shut it. Submit it, and then say it. It'll come out a whole lot different. Word? Word. Here's a self-reflective question this morning. Is your tongue, that little thing inside of each and every one of you, is your tongue inspiring change or chains? Is your tongue affirming Change or chains? Word, there it is. See, and here's, I'm going to head into this portion of it. And, and just quickly to, to uh, sum it up. As there were 12 spies that were sent into the land of the promised land to scope out the land, to kind of see what they saw. And those 12 spies that went in, um, those 12 spies that went in, when they came back to, see, to basically give a report of what they saw, 10 of them had nothing but negative things to say. But then you had two of them that said, listen. And the 10 of them said, there's giants. It's scary. I don't think maybe this whole thing was wrong. Maybe Moses missed it. This isn't what we thought it was. But then the two said, listen, the giants may be big, but where there are big giants, there is big fruit. Right? Where there are big giants, there is big fruit. And I love this quote. I saw it on Instagram just recently. I'm going to read it to you. I was going to put it up there, but I didn't. Some of you guys are going to want it. This is the only part of the message you care about right here. It says, are you currently walking in the blessings that used to be your prayer request, but you haven't taken the time to stop, to circle them, and say, thank you, Lord. I'll read it again. Are you currently walking in the blessings that used to be your prayer requests, but you haven't taken the time to stop, to circle them, and say, thank you, Lord. That's the power of this series. That's the power of this season. 
Lord, we are going to speak of all the good things that you've done and all the good things that you were doing. Here's just a few of the reports that I felt led to share today, guys. And I hope it not only inspires you, but I hope it affirms that we are headed in a healthy direction as a church. We are. I hope it brings affirmation to a lot of your guys' actions. I hope it builds you up. I hope it spurs you on. I hope it validates your calling that has been stirring. I hope it does something like that. I hope it validates your calling. I hope it verifies your chosen blue check mark. Word. And I hope it lets you know that your life has value. Your, your existence is for a purpose. God sees things in you just like he saw in Simon, change your name to Peter, that he's proud of. He sees things in you. And when we start to see ourselves the way God sees us, the power of his affirmation will begin to rewrite and redirect, just like a ship and a horse and a fire, and redirect the trajectory of our future, individually and collaboratively. Word? Word. I'll close with a few examples of the power of their affirmation. And this was a part I wanted to, to just show you guys a couple things. I'm going to tell you just, just, he doesn't know I was going to say these things, um, but Pastor Marty a lot of the reason why I'm at where I'm at today, unfortunately, is not because of my father. And Marty gets upset when I refer to him as a father, and he's a father figure, but he's like a big brother, Uncle Marty, whatever you want to call him. But he has spoken so much affirmation into me. Because a guy that once wasn't qualified, Brian Anderson, who was his pastor, said, you, you. I could choose anybody, but I choose you. Marty Kaiser did the same thing to me. He said, Daniel, you are good enough. And these are words from one of his recent texts. He said, I was just about to text you. I wanted to reiterate that I'm a fan. I'm in your corner. And I could get choked up. Like, really, it stirs something in me. Because for somebody to see that in me, you know what that does? It's powerful. Ron Jackson sent me this text message Tuesday morning when I needed it the most. After realizing that I'd made a mistake, he said, Ron Jackson doesn't text a whole lot, but this is big. This is like a whole story for Ron Jackson to text this much. Um, he said, thank you for the wonderful, inspiring, and anointed word Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Holy Spirit and imparting his word to us. Keep listening. There is much more he wants to reveal to you in this season. Love you. I love you too. Right? It's a power. When you see it, say it. When you think it, text it. Word? Stand with me as we close. Worship team. And uh, all of our young adults, uh, you guys can come on up front as well. I I'm going I'm to have you guys stand. So you guys are going to stand here just for a minute. So you're like, is Daniel closing us out early? Not, no, no, not quite. Not quite. Um, 
all of our, and all of our young adults, I want to invite you guys up front for a second because I just want to speak into you guys' lives. And I don't know if we can do some keys on the keyboard. If we can't, then no problem. And, and there's just a few examples of, of what, these are just a few examples of what happens when somebody who's affirmed, when somebody who's affirmed, and listen up, listen up, Casey, always laughing. I love you, though. Um, this is what happens when somebody who is affirmed, this is the power of affirmation. There were 10 of these young men that just decided upon being inspired that they would head up north to a cabin and just get closer to God. No other purpose but to get closer to God. Ten men broken, ten young men broken in a cabin, taking communion with each other. No leader there, no, 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 not me there, nobody. This was inspired by them. This is the power of affirmation. This is the fruit, fruit of affirmation. We had a young lady, and I won't name her name. We still have her. And after talking about the Holy Spirit and how we have to listen to um, and, and encouraging these young people to listen to the Holy Spirit, begin to listen to what he tells you to do. She was in the gym the next day after a Wednesday night. She was there on a Thursday morning, and she saw a lady and her daughter, and she just started to feel that the Holy Spirit was telling her, invite her to church. And she said, this is crazy. But Daniel said last night, he, he, he encouraged me that when I see things crazy and I get this feeling that I got to do it, and she did it. She invited the lady and her daughter to church. That young lady is right here in this crowd right now, and the trajectory of that young lady's life. Yes, yes, that's worthy of praise. We had a men's Bible study, and our men hadn't done nothing since Brent Bailey did it last year. We hadn't done nothing in a really long time, and it was stirring in me that, that we needed to get our men together. We needed to get our men together, and I'm like, Marty, I'm kind of tired. You're, you're, you're fresh back, so you lead it, and I'll just show up. And one week he was out, and I had a sign that I put in the middle, and the, and the sign, it was black and white, and it said, don't sit next to your own color. That wasn't razors. Let me tell the rest of the story. There was a red sign and a blue sign. Red, red was for our young adults, under 40. Blue was for over 40. So I met them sit next to one, one another. I'm sharing good news. This is a good report. This is a sign of good fruit. I made them sit next to each other. By the end of the night, all the older guys were surrounded praying for the younger guys. Something that hadn't happened, and God began that night to mend the generational gap between them. God began to do something that night. These young men had opportunities to share. Um, Marty gave them time to preach. They got up there, the young men did, and all, everybody had a chance to preach. But what I love the most is the young men would get up there and preach, and they'd have like eight minutes to kind of share a word that God gave them. And to hear the words that came back from these older men saying, I, I am inspired, young man. I like the, the words of affirmation that were, were said, like, that was good. Where did you get that from? You have value. You have value. To see that, that starts to do something. And I had to say it. This is where I wanted to land, to see the fall fiesta, times where Jeanette has had to, and a lot of our older volunteers, so you're like, listen, you know, at 9.30, 10 o'clock, I need to go to bed. I can't take down no more tents or blow up stuff. I need to go to bed. So Jeanette would end up doing a lot of that. And to see that these young people being inspired and being affirmed, knowing they have value, have showed up to events, and they took things down quick. They are the army of the future. 
We have that in our church. And if I don't know if that isn't good news, I don't know what is. And the reason why this is so beautifully decorated this morning is Jeanette said, I need help again. You guys better get used to keep working. <laughs> but he said, I need help again. We need to get these decorations put up, and it takes me so long. Old people don't, older people, you guys stay off ladders. Somebody's gonna tell me that one day. Broken hips happen a lot of times when you fall off a ladder. But she said, I, I need some help. I said, guys, I need at least 10. Maybe, can I get 10? 10 guys, 10, 10. We had 25 sign-ups. Sometimes you have sign-ups, they don't show up. We had 50, 50 show up here on Wednesday night, and they not decorating this place out like that. That is the power of inspiration. That is the power of affirmation. And I'm not cutting anything else, the, the turkey, everything we've done, but I wanted to take a moment to say, listen, these are some of the things that I'm experiencing and I don't care who may have a negative report of what may be going on. I'm going to be one of the spies. I'm going to be a Joshua. I'm going to be a Caleb. I'm going to be one that is going to say that there is, there is big fruit here. This is rare. This is rare. Yes. Yes, I, I've got one last story. And then I'm going to show a short video clip. And on the tail end of the video clip, we're going to have a chance to just go out of this place with just, just swinging. Um, but here, here it is, here it is. Some of these young people, some of these young men, I don't know if it was 10 or 12, I've heard different stories. But they were driving by, they were driving by Surprise Park, and they saw a bunch of tents out, and they saw a stage, and young people were always drawn to cool stages and tents, and something's going on. They're like mosquitoes. <laughs> hey, where there's light, they'll go. <laughs> and so they went over to this, they went over to this, this tent that happened to be a church. And they saw that the church needed help tearing everything down because they weren't able to, they, they normally go to Valley Vista. And I remember, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from. They were in Valley Vista. And they, for whatever reason, circumstances had them out not one week, but two weeks. And so our young people left out of here early on a Sunday, all by their own. It was on you guys, just them. I didn't tell them to. I didn't know what was going on. I was secure, just like John, that they could go to Pastor John who's the church, who's, who's, who's the pastor, another John, the pastor John, who was the church of the gathering, and they could go over there and can help them. And they, they began to say, like, they, they were like, and I had a chance to follow me just last weekend to go meet Pastor John. I went out there, and, and Israel kept telling me, his report was like, Dad, I don't know what's going on, but, but us helping him, it, it just does something. They're like shocked. They're like, why are you guys helping us? We don't understand. I talked to Pastor John. He said, he said Daniel, I had to look at it and check myself. And I had to ask myself, would I go do the things that they're doing for another church? Would I go do that? He goes, and I had to get, I had to get real with God and say, I, I don't think I would. But these young men, inspired and affirmed, went over and did something to inspire another church. I want you to watch this video, and then we're going to close in worship. So I met, I met someone, and he's here today, and he's allowed me to share this story, and he actually inspired this whole message. Hayden, where you at? Stand up. Everyone look at Hayden. Welcome, Hayden. Give a shot of Hayden back there, guys. So I met Hayden. He's, uh, and, and he was, he was, by the way, they, we have, you know, we have people from different churches coming to, to help us tear down. We had 10 of these guys, 10 guys uh, over from Revealed Church. Yeah. Pastor Marty, what an awesome, what an awesome church that is. See, God's doing, you know, when, when churches start working together, you know God's up to something. 
You can like smell revival. You can sm smell an awakening in our city, and it's already begun, honestly. But so he comes over with 10 guys, or 12 guys, and, and they come to help us. Well, he shares his story, right? It's good news, though. Right? That's good. You guys got to be, I'm proud of these guys. I'm proud of what's happening here. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind away? It was my turn Till I met God was breathing but not My failures are trying to hide It was my turn Till I met you You call my name And I ran out like rain
inspired and as God leads you to speak words of affirmation into the lives of these young brave souls that will share their stories in the coming weeks here's what it's gonna look like starting December 1st again this Wednesday we want to make this a big deal maybe even a, a church family tradition save your stories um, we're gonna have Basically, uh, about a, we have about 100 to 150 seats outside of the tables. So we'll have their normal tables set up. Uh, all of the other seats will be behind. And so that'll be kind of like general admission. But um, uh, yeah, general admission, not, nothing bad. I'm just saying it's good. I don't want to Okay. Um, so, and the VIP seating, so we'll have the young people will be at their tables. We're starting a whole uh, leadership a, a big leadership piece that we've been implementing over the last month as well that's going to start that night. So uh, we're going to start discipling uh, some young people. It's, it's going to be incredible. But yes, we are online as well. But remember, sometimes the greatest gift is your presence, right? We're going to start with, with some of our leaders this Wednesday and their Savior stories. And here's my Jerry Maguire moment. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? If you know you can commit to that and be here Wednesday, raise your hand with me. If you know, hey, I can come through. There's a few of you guys. They're all, look at them. Are they there? Yeah, we're going to be here. Well, of course we're going to be here. We're here every Wednesday. Um, now, if, if you will make your best ever to be here and you just have to make some things, uh, you know, move some things around, we would appreciate your presence. We really would. And I'm going to give you a special opportunity to do something, and you will have an opportunity by showing up here. You won't have to get on stage or anything, but I want to give you an opportunity to um, be a doer of the word and to begin to speak affirmation and encouragement to those that share their stories as God leads you. So you're going to be an important part. So don't just think you're coming to be a spectator, but there's going to be a pay. It won't put you out there, so don't worry about it. It's not going to be anything crazy, but it will be something that's very important. You will play a special role. In, in doing exactly what I've said that I've been doing here for the last year of speaking things that I see in these young people. I'm like, I see something in you, buffering. I see it in you. If you can't be here and will, the pro and will promise to join us online live, please raise your hands as well right now. So if you promise, okay, there's a couple of you. Think about it, guys. Think about it. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm in sales, so I need the credit card right now. Um, okay. <laughs> So, uh, but I want, I, and I, I'm saying, you guys, I just didn't give this message so that you guys could just take, oh, that was, that was, it was so, it, man, I feel good. I got my Jesus juice. 
No, I, I want you, I'm talking about being a part of an experience in this last part of the year. And I don't care how the first seven days went so far out of the 40. These next 33, it's up to you. It's up to you. We need you. Just like something happened different with those men when they came together. We have, I need help with these young people. I can't be the only one to affirm them and tell them. But I'm telling you, this is our future. And it will do something. The one that gives the affirmation just as it much does is one who receives it. I'm telling you. So let's pray as we go. Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing in our church. God, I thank you for the word that you put on my heart this week's word, affirmation. And the importance and the power of our words. God, I pray that in the weeks to come, even the days to come, the moments to come as we leave and go out to eat with our friends and family, that, that some of us may need to get in the habit of, of, of starting to bite our tongues physically to keep ourselves from saying things. But when we see things, when we see them, not if we see them, we will see good things. And when we see those good things, I pray that you would give us the courage to speak them, to say them. It would be like a muscle that we're trying to exercise that we haven't exercised before. It may feel a little bit awkward in the beginning. But we know as we use it, we will get better. And there is nothing that builds the body up more than words of affirmation. Father, thank you for affirming that you chose us, that you chose our church to do whatever it is that you're up to. <laughs> you chose our church to inspire another church. You chose our church. God, you chose us. You chose us. That does something in me to know that we are a chosen church with a chosen work and a chosen assignment that you have for us. That's special. I pray that each one who is challenged, would, that's feeling maybe a stirring to show up in a time where I know everybody is busy, so I'm not trying to guilt them, but I am trying to say, if you can make it, you will be inspired. And in your time of inspiration, you have a chance to build up, to affirm, and to encourage. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We love you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. amen. I will see you guys Wednesday. Come on out. It's going to be special. It's going to be special.